The following program is paid for by Busey Bank. It's time for Money Talk, your chance to call in and receive answers to all your financial questions, from investment management to planning for your retirement and beyond. The experts at Busey Wealth Management are here to help, so you don't have to navigate these difficult financial decisions alone. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Call in now, 356-9397. And now here is Money Talk. Hi, welcome to Money Talk, Boosie Money Talk. My name is Mark Wisniewski. Uh, today I have my co-host, Aaron Sutton, with me. Uh, Aaron's a Senior Vice President, Investment Portfolio Manager. Uh, and I also have a special guest today, Jason Coward. Uh, Jason is a Senior Vice President and Director and Managing Director of our private client for Busey. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, excited to have you both today. It's it's a beautiful, <laughs> wonderful day out there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'd love to you know just talk about you know college or pro football, but I, I think we got better things to talk about this morning. Um, so there, I will turn it over to Aaron. Aaron's going to kind of give us like a, a market update and and go through some stats. Yeah, well, um, as we've been talking about all year, there's no shortage of things to talk about out there. Again, one of the great things about having this role uh, to talk about the market. So what we've been seeing is we've seen a little bit of a rebound from our last show. Uh, So the market's added a little bit of gain. So we'll go through that in a little bit. Uh, But as always, what I wanted to do first was really just run through some of the news items that are out there. Uh, Some of the current topics we're looking at and as always kind of give our thoughts on uh, maybe what we're seeing out there. So as always, what comes out on this Thursday is the unemployment claims. Uh, Those came in, um, missed expectations a little bit. They were uh, increased about 332,000, and estimates were about 322,000. So pretty much right right. in line. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like I said, a little bit of a miss, but definitely in the grand scheme of things, pretty much right in line with what people are expecting. Yeah, it doesn't seem too bad. I mean, what I'd really like to know is what statistics says – how many states have gone back to taking away the additional unemployment income? Well, yeah, that's a great point. And in fact, uh, yeah, what we saw was about half the states actually ended those early, uh, but they ended for everybody in September. Um, So right at the beginning of this month, uh, pretty much across the board, those enhanced unemployment benefits uh, have gone away. Uh, And so I think it's going to take a little time to see the effect of that. Uh, obviously, um, you know, people that were receiving those, yeah, they may come back into the workforce, but it's going to take a week or, or maybe a few months for that to, to really play out. Yeah, I, I look forward to getting back in the workforce. I mean, you go around to some of the restaurants, uh, you know, and some of them are closing at 7 o'clock because they don't have the staff or people uh, to do the job. I mean, I know, you know, even at Busey, you know, we're struggling to find people. So if anybody's looking for an opportunity, please look at our website for opportunities. <laughs> so, a little plug there. Definitely, we're hiring. And yeah, to that point, Mark, as you go around town, uh, I know a lot of the fast food places, they're not even open in their lobbies. It's basically drive through only uh, because of staffing issues. So it's certainly been um, an issue within the economy, but I would say it's a good problem to have that there are so many job openings. Right. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah, you'd rather have it that way than the opposite. Uh, but it's certainly creating issues for business owners. And so, yeah, hopefully we'll see that alleviate a little bit uh, in the coming months. Uh, you know, looking at those unemployment claims, there were a few things that stood out. So, you know, we had the big hurricane uh, that came through Louisiana, uh, and that actually led to unemployment claims being a little higher in that state. So 
claims there came in at about 4,000. Uh, that was the highest among all the states. So that helped push up that number a little bit and probably led to missing the expectations. Now on the bright side, uh, Illinois actually saw one of the lowest levels of claims. So uh, we've got that going for us. Uh, so it's good to be the leader in that category. So I thought I'd highlight that for our listeners. And then finally, as part of that report, uh, we also get continuing claims that comes out and that fell to 2.7 million and that's a fresh pandemic low. So the continuing unemployment claims, that, that's really the bright spot. Right. And again, that's because of that strong labor market that right. we were just talking about. Now, one of the other major reports that came out today uh, were the retail sales. Those actually rose 0.7% over last month. And that actually surprised economists by a little bit. Uh, if you looked across the board there, they were actually expecting a slight decline uh, for last month. Uh, so it's good to see that in positive territory. So it looks like consumer spending has been very strong. And if you recall, uh, the prior reading back in July was actually pretty weak. Now, right. the majority of that was driven by the auto sector. Uh, had some really weak numbers there. And that's continued on into August. Uh, but it, it did show a little bit improvement. Uh, but still certainly the weakest spot out there within retail sales was that auto industry. So, I mean, that, that's that's an interesting point, too, is that I guess maybe with the retail sales, I, the way I look at it is, too, is you had a lot of kids going back to school. And I know with our kids, when uh, they were little, we'd always buy them new clothes, school supplies. So maybe that's what one of the uptick is. But the auto sale part, I, I, I thought I'd ask you, maybe I'm not, didn't, not too familiar about it, but the Rivian plant oh, just, yeah. just rolled off uh, mm -hmm. their first uh, truck and stuff like that. Um, what do you, uh, how much do you know about them? I'm not all that clear. Uh, just a little bit. I know they have some really big investors. And in fact, I believe they're about to uh, go public here soon. Okay. Uh, that would be a public offering to try to raise some more capital. Because uh, obviously, as a startup auto manufacturer, you need a lot of capital to get that going. Um, so yeah, that's going to IPO here shortly. But also, too, they've got the backing, I believe, of Amazon as a major investor. Uh, they would like to use their vehicles for delivery vehicles. So yeah, there's a lot of support behind that company. But again, it's a very tough space to compete in as that auto uh, industry. You know, right? You have the legacy players that are very large, have a lot of resources. Uh, you have players like Tesla out there in the electric space. So, yeah, it's exciting that they're basically our next-door neighbors over there in Bloomington. Right. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see how that plays out. Yeah, no, definitely good for Bloomington. Yep. Um, now, one thing we've seen within the retail sales is they don't break out uh, the travel industry per se, but we've certainly been seeing some weak readings around that. A lot of the airlines talking about you know cutting back service a little bit with this Delta resurgence. Uh, that also caused the restaurant and bar sales to be a little weak. I think people are maybe going out a little bit less with cases uh, kind of creeping up in a lot of areas. But I would say, looking across the board, speaking of Delta, it looks like cases may be leveling off a little bit here. Uh, so we may be right at the early stages of seeing that peak. Wow. Now, again, I'm not going to be the one to try to call this, but uh, just looking at the data that I'm seeing, uh, it looks nationwide. We see it leveling off a little bit. And certainly in some of those harder hit areas, uh, some of those southern states, you know, Florida, Mississippi, right. Louisiana, uh, if you look at cases there, they have definitely looked like they've peaked and are kind of on the decline. Uh, so there's some positive no. news there with those cases. But again, uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on that to see how that plays out. That's good news. It's great to hear. <clears throat> now, finally, what that leads to is this all plays into, I think, 
what's going to be the next big test for the market, and that's going to be Federal Reserve policy. So we've talked about this the last few shows. Uh, the Federal Reserve is now beginning to shift their stance from being very accommodative and starting to pull some of that away. And the first thing they're going to do is taper back their bond purchasing program. Uh, Chairman Powell over the last month indicated that's going to happen before the end of the year. Now, we don't know the exact timing of that, but all of these reports that we've been talking about today are certainly weighing into the Fed's decisions. So investors out there are really trying to guess, you know, based on the data coming in, when the Fed may actually uh, start dialing back some of those programs. Because uh, as we talked about before, um, these low interest rates have right. really boosted the market. So, like I said, I think that's going to be a test for the market when those rates do start to rise. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you can see it around Champagne with the home purchases. I mean, uh, you've talked to a lot of people too. Is you know, home between two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. Once it goes on the market, it sells within a day or two, and typically there's a you know like at least a ten percent increase in the price. So uh, the low interest rates definitely do help that cause as well. Definitely. So you got the low interest rates and just the supply out there. All right. Um, very limited supply, and so you're right. That definitely leads to a seller's market. Uh, now, what I thought I'd do here in the last few minutes, uh, just run through some of the actual yeah. numbers, uh, what the market's done since our last show. So, like I said, if you look back a month ago, uh, we had a little bit of a sell-off at that time, and so we've rebounded off those levels. So. Looking at the S&P 500, that was up about 1.8% sure. since our last show. Mid and small cap stocks have done a little better. Mid caps are up a little over 2%. Small caps up almost 5% wow. uh, just in the last month. So really nice rally there. Uh, good to see those small companies uh, doing quite well. Now internationally, same story. We saw a little bit of a rebound. Uh, looking at developed markets, uh, again, this was primarily Europe and Japan. Those were up about 3%. And the MSCI emerging market was up about 4.7% since our last show. Now, year to date, gosh, we're sitting at some fantastic numbers. Really? If we talked about before, uh, in the case of the S&P 500, that's back above 20% oh, gain for gosh, the year. Oh, my for the year? Exactly, yeah. Wow. So, again, that's about double what the market usually does in oh, a given no year doubt. on average. Uh, so, yeah, we've seen a really a tremendous rebound wow. uh, coming off those pandemic lows that we really hit last year. Mid and small caps are lagging a little year to date. Mid caps up about 18 percent. Small caps up 14. <laughs> lagging. Yeah, lagging. <laughs> yeah, I say, what, is, I think. what is that lagging? I mean, I, I take that on a bad year. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then international markets, uh, the developed markets are still up about 12.5 percent. Probably the biggest weak spot has certainly been the emerging markets. They're in positive territory, but up only 1.4%. Um, we've seen a lot of action there recently. Um, most recently, some concerns out of China. Uh, obviously, they've seen cases start to rebound there. Right. Again, they're taking a very aggressive approach. They've kind of locked things down again in certain areas. So that's weighing on economic growth. And two, and we touched on this a little bit last time, but uh, China's really ramping up some of their regulations on some of their larger tech companies, hmm. some of the gaming companies. So kind of reining in, I think, uh, some of these larger companies and what they're doing with consumer data and just limiting, uh, notably, uh, children's access to the Internet and gaming. Wow. So they're really sure. trying to dial that back. Um, and so that, that's hit some of the larger companies there. Now, looking at the bond market, uh, this has really been a roller coaster ride there. Uh, we're basically flat year-to-date. Let's say you right. look at the Barclays Aggregate Index. 
but if you look at the path of what the 10-year Treasury bond's done, it's been pretty interesting. So we started the year at less than 1% for what that bond was yielding. Got all the way up to about 1.7%, a little above that uh, in the first quarter. And now as we sit here today, it's back around 1.3%. And it's been hovering around that level for the last month or so. Um, so again, like I said, all eyes are really on the Fed there, right. uh, what policy they're going to take. And everybody's trying to guess what inflation's going to do. Um, you know, the Fed has really talked about uh, this kind of transitory scenario. Um, and I think that's what the bond market's pricing in with that 10-year rate still at 1.3%. So, I mean, is there any predictions of when the uh, they'll actually start to, like, raise prime or anything like that? Yeah, great question. So it looks like what they're going to do is actually taper their bond purchasing first. And so that's probably going to have more of an impact on longer-term right. rates. Now, I think what you're talking about, the federal funds rate, right. which is short-term rates, that's really where they have the most control over. Um, essentially, this kind of sets the rate that banks lend to each other at uh, in the overnight market, and they have direct control over that. And that's probably going to be the second step of their process. So it looks like that's not going to happen until next year, um, maybe the middle to uh, the end of next year, I think is what they're indicating at this point. Sure. I mean, I, you know, everything you just said, I mean, really kind of plays into what we've been saying for years. Uh, it's just diversification. You want to have a proper asset allocation, be di diversified across the various sectors. You know, I mean, more for reduction of risk. But as you can see, you know, this year, uh, exposure to all these markets, you know, gets you actually a nice return as well. Yep. And to that point, yeah, yeah, the last point I'll probably make here is, you know, within the market, we've really seen the growth stocks outperform really over the last decade or so. Now, early this year, we saw the value stocks right. make a little bit of a resurgence and come back a little bit. Uh, based on our view, we think those value stocks may be poised to do a little better than growth stocks over the next several years. So sure. for those clients out there listening to your point, Mark, um, definitely take a look at that growth versus value bias you have. Make sure you're not too overweighted to the growth side. Again, as always, you want to have a nice diversified approach. Um, and there may need to be some rebalancing that needs to be done based on how much those growth stocks outperform. So, I mean, give give the audience uh, maybe a couple examples of a, of a value stock so they kind of understand. Sure. I think the most traditional ones are probably like your utility companies, your telecom companies. Uh, but then beyond that, you have things like energy stocks right. would certainly fall into that category. Your consumer staple stocks uh, would certainly fall there. Um, and really what we're talking about there, these are really larger, well-established companies that are growing their earnings a little more slowly than the overall market. They're kind of in a mature space, uh, but they typically pay a little higher dividend uh, because of that. They're returning more cash to shareholders. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Appreciate that, Aaron. So why don't we go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, uh, we'll uh, have Jason Coward uh, talk a little bit about Brucey's Private Client Solutions. Take charge of the years ahead with a smart, sound investment strategy and business succession plan. Brucey Bank's business and wealth management experts help you envision your best future with powerful insights and proven strategies. Building business and growing wealth since 1868, Busey Bank, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Busey Bank, leading the way to your financial wellness. No matter where your financial journey begins, Pathways Banking Options at Busey 
are designed with your goals in mind. Busey Bank, building strong financial futures, one family, one street, one city at a time. Busey, your partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Busey's Money Talk. I'm Mark Wisniewski with my co-host Aaron Sutton. And our special guest today is Jason Coward, uh, Senior Vice President and Managing Director of Private Client for Busey. Welcome, Jason. Uh, excited to have you here. Uh, uh, Jason and I work very closely on a day-to-day basis, so I was really excited to have him agree to come on and, and kind of talk about some of Busey's private client solutions. Um, we try to, you know, as we always say, simplify the complexities of uh, wealth. Um, so, Jason... Why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and, and private client. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. I, I feel very privileged to uh, be on your show here with uh, you and Aaron, uh, my wonderful colleagues. Um, yeah, I've been with Busey for about 10 years. Um, started out um, kind of um, developing this private banking um, with our team here of private client associates and wealth management and truly across the whole uh, Busey landscape. And it's just been... Uh, it's been a fantastic, um, you know, journey so far, and just really proud to lead the team uh, of you know private client uh, managers and associates throughout uh, the Busey footprint. But really, what is private client? It's our um, it's our version of private banking, and and why is it different from you know other folks' private banking? And really, it's just you know we we truly strive to be you know the CFO for for families and and really be their twenty four seven resource. So. You know, what does that mean? You know, we're, we're here to coordinate their care and for whatever requests they would have from simple things like, you know, check orders to travel requests all the way up to, you know, starting a new business to, to complex financial planning, you know, treasury management, mortgage, uh, wealth management, whatever, and so on. You know, we're just here to help and, and coordinate their care. And, you know, I, I challenge our team to have expertise in all those areas. That way we can really dive in with clients and, and just bring in our BUC partners and, and let them shine. So, um, kind of how it works is again we're their twenty four seven resource. We we work with folks that really appreciate the service. You know our wealth management clients, our our commercial clients. You know folks that really appreciate it. And um, whether if it's you know time star folks like you know physicians, you know business owners, professor types, people of those nat- of that nature, um, mm-hmm. to folks that just don't want to you know take care of certain banking and financial things anymore we're here to again be that resource for them to kind of help them navigate through um you know their journey as as well as when life gets in the way and and just make sure that we're there to help so i think that's kind of in a nutshell what we do it's a simple concept um but it's you know kind of hard to execute on but really again we have a great team of folks that really uh, love taking care of their clients and want to make sure that um you know we're coordinate their care so who who's on your team in champagne sure we have uh, Janice McAteer, uh, who has been with us for a couple of years now, who's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Shauna Ader, who's got a lot of experience. Um, she's been with Busey for, I believe, about 10 years now. And then we have uh, Katie Lynn, or excuse me, Katie Miller, <laughs> who just started with us, and, and she's going to be great. She's um, getting up and running pretty quickly. And then we have a new teammate, uh, Amy Lynn, um, that will be starting here shortly. So um, just a great group of professionals um, that love to take care of their clients and, and really help them, um, you know, meet their goals. And that's honestly what it's all about is just, it, it, you know, providing that, that trust fall is what we call it, just to, if they need anything, 
we can help them. And then um, also, you know, bringing the other associates to help them meet their goals and smooth out the waters if they have any challenges or want to get things accomplished. Yeah, no, I mean, that, I, that's what I love about your group, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I always say it's the concierge of, of banking, you know, if a customer needs anything at any time of the day. And that that's the one thing that always amazes me about Jason and, and his team is, too, is you know, they, they give the first thing they give you is their cell number. And they say, call me anytime, any day. And I, I know in talking to a couple of clients, they're like, you know, I actually called Jason at 8 o'clock Saturday night. I lost my debit card. I didn't know what to do. And there's Jason is helping me out with that stuff. And there's other clients that are like, I was getting ready to, you know, go overseas. And I wanted to make sure I had the ability, if I needed to, to you know, to get funds or to make sure everything worked. And, and Jason helped me out. Uh, and, you know, the, the one thing I always like to bring up, you know, Kurt Anderson's not here today. Kurt's, <laughs> uh, as he would say, on assignment, uh, someplace nice. Uh, but uh, Kurt always refers to himself as like a general practitioner. And I mean, I, so I, lo- I loved when you said, you're really a, a personal CFO for a client. I mean, and that's the one thing I think the audience needs to understand is, you know, Busey Wealth Management, you know, we're about $12 billion now in assets. Uh, it's a very robust organization. And what I love about the organization is, you know, you're going to have a, a private client person assigned to you to handle all your banking needs. But Jason's also there to kind of direct you, too, is like, hey, why don't we go ahead and look at doing a financial plan? And we've got this very great financial planning team. Uh, we've got a tax staff as as well to assist you uh, in tax planning, along with if you want your individual tax return prepared by us, they can do that. And estate tax planning, too. And the best part about Jason is he knows how to direct people to the various areas. And then, of course, we're all familiar with Aaron in, in our investment team, but you've got access to that which I think, you know, makes us stand out uh, um, amongst uh, a, a great group of uh, wealth management people on that side. Yeah, you're 100% right, Mark. I think that, um, you know, from a private banking standpoint, you know, our job is to is to let those great partners shine. You know, at Busey, I think what separates us from different firms is that we really are committed to putting our arms around the clients and um, and getting the right expertise, you know, for the different situations, whether if it's, you know, starting a new business, transitioning out of a business, buying a new home, buying a second home, whatever. Those are a lot of the common things that we deal with. Financial planning, you mentioned, it's just, it's just a part of having great conversations with our clients and figuring out how we can help them and then bringing in the expertise. But it goes back to, I've, you know, it's the third time I've said it, but it's really just putting our arms around the clients and just making sure that, you know, they're, because they got life going on, <laughs> and, and we right. just want to make sure that we get everything moving in the right direction for them. Yeah, and I know uh, one area which you guys have really started to dive more into is, is the mortgage arena, mm-hmm. meaning assisting clients with that. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we um, we did um, just develop a new private uh, client mortgage program, which it's fantastic. It's for folks that um, you know are in our wealth management um, uh, and commercial space, and really it's just – uh, it's a way to, to to streamline the process, make sure that, you know, all deadlines are hit, multiple touches, you know, with the, the team members, whether if it's the back, the underwriters, the, um, you know, the, the loan originators, private bankers, everybody that's involved, just making sure that, you know, once we get that closing date that, you know, it's put into us, we make sure we hit that. And I think that's been a, um, we're about a, a couple months into that program and it's just been absolutely fantastic. And, um, we found a lot more ways to help clients and, and we're just trying to keep getting better at that as well. But I know that's kind of a unique program that, um, 
that we have as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I appreciate that program so mm-hmm. much because, uh, you know, I know, you know, recent, about uh, about a year ago, went through the refinance process myself, <laughs> and that can be stressful, time-consuming, and you're trying to get all these documents together, and then you got to sign all these documents. So it's really nice to have somebody spearheading that uh, for them and working through that process. Um, Another thing, too, is uh, which most people don't know, like I said, Jason's group is involved in every facets of the bank. They touch everything. And even from a, a lending perspective mm-hmm. is, you know, Jason's uh, team is out there looking for people that need assistance, whether it's a small business to uh, an entrepreneur or even, you know, maybe a, a large uh, corporation uh, in, in the area. Uh, Jason's team will work with the, the, the president or CFO of the company and then he'll coordinate with uh, a commercial lender on, on the bank side as well. We've had a lot of uh, that come up with our, our current uh, environment the last year and a half. We have a lot of folks that are um, you know, looking to get second homes because maybe they're not traveling as much. And I think that's, it's came up a lot. We've helped relocate or, or get second homes for people. And I think you know, if anybody has a need for that or is looking to do that, we have a lot of very creative ways to get that done to make it as you know painless as possible too yeah i mean it it's it's like i said i i I cannot say enough about uh the the private client piece of the organization um because i've got a lot of clients too that you know they they used to come to me with everything and (laughs) now i i really rarely ever hear from them because they're going to jason or janice or shauna or or katie now so that's absolutely uh, fantastic um so what what else is going on uh in your world right now um from a from a banking perspective what what do you see as uh some some things that clients are beginning to ask you for or or mm-hmm. look at well it's been interesting i i find that um folks are tend to be traveling a little bit more that that's been so that's encouraging you know we were aaron mentioned about as far as the you know what's going on with the delta variant and everything and i I've, I've seen especially in the last you know a little bit more traveling than it was before. It's, so that's very exciting to see. Um, you know, we've noticed, too, that a lot of times folks aren't coming into the branches as much as they used to, so that's kind of an interesting result of this. Um, but, yeah, it's been it, it's been very good. I, I feel that people are more willing to have conversations as well. I mean, it just is what it is, just quite be frank with everything that's been going on. If people are questioning their mortality, they're making sure that they have their estate plans, you know, up and running, and I think – um, we've had a lot of better better conversations with clients, and they're more um, those were as before. That would be conversations they'd maybe shy away from or push down, you know, kick down the road. People are having those conversations now. They want to make sure that you know loved ones are taken care of, and that their you know plans when we leave this world are are more tightened up than they were before. And I think that's something that's unique. It's just kind of one of those things that's it is what it is. But um, been really able to help a lot of clients in that from a financial planning standpoint, estate, estate planning, and just kind of getting things together. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one thing I really noticed a, a, a lot over the past year and a half with, with COVID is people are more and more people are doing financial plans and estate mm-hmm. plans, trying to make sure that they're covered in, in, a, in a position uh, that they're, the next generation is taking care of uh, on that side. Well, we've got a couple minutes uh, left of the show. I appreciate both your time. Uh, any, uh, let's go to Aaron. Any insights into uh, what the market's going to do the rest of the year? Your thoughts? Yeah, what I've been telling clients is 
expect things to probably cool off a little bit. You know, we ran through some of those fantastic numbers uh, in the first part of the show. I, I wouldn't extrapolate that <laughs> into the future. You know, these 20% gains through nine months or something, that doesn't happen too often. And when we look at valuations, they're looking a little elevated. Uh, so, yeah, I think things are, are poised to cool off a bit. And one thing we're certainly keeping an eye on, uh, it's probably worth touching base on, uh, there's some legislation uh, being discussed in Congress right now. There's a, a huge spending bill, current numbers around $3.5 trillion or so. And within that, there's a lot of potential tax changes. Right. So I think this is something that Jason and I, working with our clients, uh, are probably going to be addressing uh, towards the end of the year is what comes out of that bill. Right now, there's a lot of disagreement there. So, it's again, it's changing on a daily basis almost. But there, there's a good chance that there may be some significant changes with taxes. And so we're going to have to be willing to and ready to help our clients with those changes. No, I think that's a, that's a fantastic point. I mean, uh, with the tax changes, you do need to look at your asset allocation, your financial plans, your estate plans, uh, what's coming up. I mean, we all knew somewhere down the line all this spending was going to hit hit the fan, so to speak. I don't even know what the proper term is, and we're going to have to pay for it. There might be a proper term for that, but yeah. not appropriate for this radio, right? No, right, 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 exactly. So we can't spend, spend, spend. Now we need to pay for what we've spent. So, um, well, it's been great having you both. Thank you, Jason Coward. Uh, Aaron Sutton, always a pleasure to listen to you uh, talk about the market, what's going on. I look forward to hopefully uh, next month hearing some more positive news uh, it's uh, it's it's good to hear. I don't mind opening my 401k statement right now. <laughs> it's uh, been a great time to be an investor. Yeah. With that being said, uh, thank you for listening to Busey Money Talk. Uh, we're on 1400 WD, w, uh, WDWS. Kind of studied on that one. <laughs> CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Facet Wealth.